Following is a class given by His Holiness Jaya Patakaswami Maharaj on October 26, 1987 at New Taliban Farm in Carrier, Mississippi, USA. The class begins with a reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, 4th Canto, Chapter 28, Verse 47 and 48. Srimad Bhagavatam, 4th Canto, 28th Chapter, Text 2047 and 48. It's a story about Ranjana when he became a, in his next life a queen. When her uh, husband died, the king, and being now alone and a widow in that forest, the daughter of Vidara began to lament, incessantly shedding tears, who soaked her breast, and crying very loudly. The court. Figuratively, the queen is supposed to be the disciple of the king. Thus, when the mortal body of the spiritual master expires, his disciples should cry exactly as the queen cries when the king leaves his body. However, the disciple and the spiritual master are never separated. However, the disciple and the spiritual master are never separated. Because the spiritual master always keeps company with the disciple as long as the disciple follows strictly the instructions of the spiritual master. This is called the association of Bani. The disciple and the spiritual master are never separated because the because the spiritual master always keeps company with the disciple as long as the disciple follows strictly the instructions of the spiritual master. This is called the association of bani or words. Physical presence is called bapu. As long as the spiritual master is physically present, the disciple should serve the physical body of the spiritual master. And when the spiritual master is no longer physically existing, the disciple should serve the instructions of the spiritual master. These are very important points in spiritual life. When the spiritual master is present, we serve his physical body, known as Bapu Seva. When the spiritual master is physically not present, we serve the Vani, or his instructions. And that the spiritual master is never separated from the disciple. Each one of these points is very, very important. Srila Prabhupada, his vision of how Bhakti and his divine grace, Om Vishnupad 108, Sri Srimad Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, should be served specifically in his absence, is uh, an example for everyone. Srila Prabhupada felt very strongly that Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur should have been uh, glorified by all of his disciples. 
and that his instructions should have been very strictly observed. When they built a Samadhi temple for Srila Prabhupada, uh, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, instead of building a big temple, they built a kind of mediocre sized temple. And when they made the deity, they didn't put that much effort into having a very lifelike deity. Prabhupada said that the deity looked more like Rupanuga, Prabhu. So it actually gave Prabhupada great pain to see that deity. You can imagine, you know, when the temple and you had a picture of somebody else there. You know what the guru looks like if they put a deity that looks like somebody else. It's not so enthusiastic. Plus, if you think that there should be a, a big temple and they just built some ordinary little temple, not only 60, 50 feet high, Prabhupada thought that for the greatest feature of that era, there should be a, a fabulous temple constructed in his memory for his worship. That was not anything very spectacular at all. So, and that and for other reasons, Prabhupada, when he'd go by the Samadhi temple of Bhakti Siddhanta and his way in the Mayapur, he would just have the car slow down and he would offer his obeisance like this. Then he'd go on. He wouldn't get down. So, one day that report came that they were criticizing Srila Prabhupada. Why is not bowing down before his spiritual master Samadhi temple? Why is not coming like that? Prabhupada, I've been sitting in his room, he became very impatient. Perturbed. How God brothers never could give any words of encouragement, said they were criticized. Uselessly. Of course, not for me to say anything, they're not my God brothers. But uh, Srila Prabhupada, at that time, just, he was like on fire. And he said, they don't understand. His divine grace, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, by my side every moment, he's sitting right next to me. When he said that, you could practically see Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur sitting next to Srila Prabhupada. You could certainly feel his presence. As impure as we were. Because Srila Prabhupada dedicated his every act, his every activity, work, to the objective of fulfilling the instructions of his divine grace in uh, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. So Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur was with him at all the time, at every moment. So Prabhupada practically, Srila Prabhupada demonstrated how the spiritual master and the disciple remain united. Of course, Srila Prabhupada very strictly carried out the instructions of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. The book distribution, Bihat Nidranga, or preaching in the Western countries, or so many different uh, examples are there. So, we too can always live in the association of Srila Prabhupada by carrying out his instructions. Of course, he was also very merciful, as one of the devotees has pointed out, by giving us a deity of himself, which looks like, which resembles very, very much so, his own Bapu form. By feeling the presence, uh, we, we, we need a little extra mercy to be able to worship the deity of Prabhupada. Prabhupada was so advanced, so, did he, so fixed in his Vani Seva, it did not matter whether he had a deity 
of Sri Bhakti Siddhanta or not. Of course, the Prophet also established in major temples of the world the deity of his divine grace, 108 Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, such as Bombay and Vrindavan. So, when we go to Guru Puja for Srila Prabhupada every day, we attend his Vyas Puja and his Tirubhav festival, disappearance festival, which we're observing today. Actually, the, the real requirement is that every moment we remain in the association of Srila Prabhupada by always trying to carry out his instructions. I always find that the disappearance festival is especially an opportunity to remember, more so than uh, to remember the, the importance of carrying out the instructions of Srila Prabhupada. On his appearance day, we dwell extensively on his achievements. What a great benefit it was to the world that Srila Prabhupada had appeared and how he had spread the message of Lord Chaitanya all around, how he had made so many great contributions. All these things are very fresh in the mind on the time of his Vyas Puja, how he is representing the disciple of succession. These things naturally also come to mind on the Disappearance Festival Day. But at that time also the, the like a, in the West we have a custom New Year's resolutions. Time when you make a type of recommitment to certain objectives of that year. But on the Disappearance Day, it's a type of remembrance where we reaffirm and rededicate ourselves to serving the instructions of Sri Prabhupada, to following in his footsteps. And he lives with us constantly through his unlimited instructions. And he's so kind, of course, he's also come here in his deity form. I'd like to read the verse 28 and 48, which gives some more instructions in this regard. Utishto tishta rajarshen imam udadhi nekalam O best of kings, please get up, get up. Just see this world surrounded by water and infested with rogues and the so-called kings. This world is very much afraid and it is your duty to protect her. Report. Whenever an acharya comes, following the superior orders of the Supreme Personality of Godhead or his representative, he establishes the principles of religion, as enunciated in Bhagavad Gita. Religion means abiding by the orders of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Religious principles begin from the time one surrenders to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. It is the Acharya's duty to spread a bona fide religious system and induce everyone to bow down before the Supreme Lord. One executes the religious principles by rendering devotional service, specifically the nine items like hearing, chanting, and remembering. Unfortunately, when the Acharya disappears, rogues and non-devotees take advantage and immediately begin to introduce unauthorized principles in the name of so-called swamis, yogis, philanthropists, welfare workers, and so on. Actually, human life is meant for executing the orders of the Supreme Lord and this is stated in the Bhagavad Gita 9.34. Manamana bhava madhbhakto madhyati mam namaskuru 
स्वामी वैश्वस्तीयन Engage your mind always in thinking of me and become my devotee. Offer obeisances and worship me, being completely absorbed in me. Surely you will come to me. Unquote. The main business of human society is to think of the supreme personality of Godhead at all times. To become his devotees, to worship the supreme Lord, and to bow down before him. The Acharya. The authorized representative of the Supreme Lord establishes these principles, but when he disappears, things once again become disordered. The perfect disciples of the Acharya try to relieve the situation by sincerely following the instructions of the spiritual master. At the present moment, practically the entire world is afraid of rogues and non-devotees. Therefore. This Krishna consciousness movement has started to save the world from irreligious principles. Everyone should cooperate with this movement in order to bring about actual peace and happiness in the world. In the history of Vaishnav culture, we find different acharyas, the Brahmanu's acharya, Madhva acharya. They establish a system for how their teaching could be preserved. <laughs> Or they gave some instruction, and a later follower established the system. Ramanujacharya established 76 pitas, where he established 76 disciples to carry on the disciplic succession. Madhvacharya gave some guidelines, and eight temples were established to worship the main Krishna deity, which he had uh, discovered that was the personal deity of Rukmini. On a rotational basis, the eight Head of the eight matas, worship of these. It's not a new thing that a spiritual master will give a a guideline. This is how you should run things in the future. Foreseeing the difficulties. So the Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, Shila Bhakti Siddhanta, he also told his disciples, his followers, that uh, you will make a governing body and manage things cooperatively. But uh, that didn't happen. Not due to anything. It's not the fault of Bhakti Sachila Bhakti Siddhanta Sari Thakur. Disciples have to take the blame or the blame for what goes right and wrong. They don't follow the orders of the spiritual master. Sachila Thakur, he, after establishing Krishna consciousness in the West, actually started to consider how to preserve it, how to expand it. He established the very things that Bhakti Shila Bhakti Sadanta Sarasri Thakur had instructed, and he started to run the worldwide society in the in the way that uh, it was desired by his previous uh, acharya, but not to leave anything to chance. Of course, Maya is always coming up with new distractions, new tricks. It's not possible to think of every possible uh, difficulty. But Shri Prabhupada, as far as he uh, gave us the system, how we can manage things and preach Krishna consciousness in the future. And actually, Prabhupada said that the Krishna conscious movement is his body. He said this many times. Sometimes devotees would complain, "I want to leave the Krishna conscious movement," or "I accept you, Prabhupada, but I can't accept Iskand." Prabhupada said, "I am Iskand. 
I created ISKCON, founded ISKCON, and I'm also a member of ISKCON. ISKCON is simply based on things that I have taught. ISKCON is my body. In other words, in Prabhupada's ecstasy to carry out the desire of his spiritual master, he established the Krishna conscious movement. It was his personal ecstasy, his personal expression of love. Just as much as an artist may dedicate a painting to someone, or an architect may dedicate a bridge or a great building to someone, so a worldwide preacher, an acharya, this is his dedication, his offering to the spiritual master. We are in a worldwide movement for carrying out the desires, the instructions of all the previous acharya, for establishing Lord Chaitanya's movement of Sankirtan, his, his uh, love of Godhead in the world. Prabhupada gives a clue. When Prabhupada is writing this, he may have been feeling the separation from Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, how when Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur was present. There are many different groups in India that gradually were losing their strength. Actually, the Ramakrishna mission had not really uh, got much credibility up to that time because of the very active preaching of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. Whatever credibility it got, it was gradually coming into proper focus. When Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur left the planet, Prabhupada noted how it then became. These other groups became very prominent and started to replace the movement of Lord Chaitanya in the popular field. This is Natural because this is water finds the lowest level. The human consciousness tends to go down to the lowest level. It tends to try to find the cheapest type of religion. The, the, uh, the more, especially in the age of Kali, the tendency is to degrade oneself. It's not that automatically people are uplifted. Upliftment comes from a conscious effort to imbibe culture, to imbibe spiritual knowledge to train the consciousness of the children, of the adults, of everyone. That consciousness comes from the responsible <coughs> members of society who take an interest in the welfare of the younger and more immature members. Srila Prabhupada, he wanted to see that the entire society, that this uh, trend of society towards impersonalism, towards voidism, towards uh, materialism, would be reversed. And his vehicle for doing that was the Krishna conscious movement, which is expressed here. But at the present moment, practically the entire world is afraid of rogues and non-devotees. Therefore, this Krishna consciousness movement has started to save the world from irreligious principles. Everyone should cooperate with this movement in order to bring about actual peace and happiness in the world. Being in Mayapur, hearing from Prabhupada the different uh, Histories of the Gaudiya Mat, Gaudiya Mission. How Prabhupada, he considered himself one of the younger God brothers, one of the junior disciples in a sense, out of his humility. There were so many senior sannyasis, so many senior devotees. He was trying to do his service, but he thought that, well, there's so many senior ones, they're going to push forward the movement of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. So as he was in his Grihastha life, he said, maybe some Grihastha is there feel felt this, I sometimes feel that there are so many senior devotees that are going to do. Of course, Prabhupada, he did not sit back 
He was very active at that time publishing books, publishing the Bhakti, uh, the Back to Godhead Journal, and doing other services for his spiritual master. But then gradually he could see, one by one, the different uh, leaders, the different uh, sannyasis, and uh, spiritual masters uh, that came after his Srila uh, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. Some of them passed away without having achieved what they had intended, didn't achieve anything anyway. They weren't making the effort, in his opinion, they, didn't, uh, they weren't fulfilling what Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur had wanted. Prabhupada was mentioning how it finally dawned on him that nobody was going to take the movement to the western countries. No one was going to uh, take the, the risk. It was like a big shock when he realized Bhakti Siddhanta came to him in the dream, reminded him that he had to do it. It was like a shock. He's always been thinking, well, the other will do it, this one will do it, that one will do it. And then he realized no one will do it. I have to do it. First in our own uh, Prabhupada society, we had initially, of course, depended a lot on the very senior members to take forward the movement uh, right to the finish line, right to the touchdown point, whatever, right to the finish line, I guess you can call it. But we find that Maya is very strong, and uh, even some of the senior uh, leaders, hopefully temporarily, not able to uh, actively further the carrying out of the Prabhupada's instructions. And so then that responsibility is shifting on to other devotees. Actually, of course, the responsibility is on everyone's shoulders. Each one is individually and collectively, collectively and individually responsible to see that the Krishna conscious movement uh, continues, that this message of Lord Chaitanya continues. We look, there was the entire Jadu Vamsa, there were the Pandavas, the Kurus, there were the huge family, hundreds of members, thousands of members. But at the end of the battlefield of Kurukshetra, everyone, the Pandavas, they're already old, they're going to pass away. The only one remaining member of that entire dynasty was Maharaj Pariksha. And even they tried to finish him off. We know that there, there could be a world war. We don't know how many devotees are going to survive if there's a world war. Which brahmachari, which brahmacharini, which mother, which gurukul student may be the only survivor even in some place. Or hopefully by our preaching we can make the whole world Krishna conscious uh, and uh, forestall such a world war. This massive Sankirtan sacrifice can be expanded. It can change the karma of the world. It could prove Nostradamus and so many other soothsayers, as even Prabhupada predicted. Of course, there will be a third war unless the people take to Krishna consciousness. The point is that that responsibility, that weight of the disciplic succession, as we grow, we have to also learn to take to whatever extent we can carry that, that load. And even it may happen that it's, it's in one place, not for the whole world, for one area of the world, or one place, it, it may be that we are the representative that has to represent Srila Prabhupada. And every day, each one of us is representing Srila Prabhupada. Although, by Prabhupada's mercy, we are so fortunate, we were not alone in that situation. 
That's what's so wonderful that uh, there are so many dedicated, sincere devotees who are carrying on the message of Srila Prabhupada so we don't have to just be in that situation where we're the only one. It's not the fact. No one can claim today they're the only one who's carrying on the movement of Srila Prabhupada. There are thousands and thousands of dedicated followers of Srila Prabhupada who are all taking on that load for Srila Prabhupada and a burden of love for spreading this Krishna conscious movement all over the world. And that is a special mercy of Lord Krishna from both sides, from the positive side, by having so many persons to deliver and give out this fruit of love for Godhead, more people can receive it in a more efficient, more effective manner. From the other side, we need that association. It would be very difficult for us to practice alone. Srila Prabhupada said that if anyone else had come, at that time he was talking to some devotees, he told us, well, if any one of you had to go to America alone, you couldn't have done it. So many tests Srila Prabhupada had undergone so many, just like uh, America now, the big country, remember that historians, they always talk about the forefathers, the pioneers. Someone had to first come to Mississippi and brave the, the different uh, dangers of the wild and the aborigines that lived here and so on. And now they're sitting, everything is organized. But there was a lot of sacrifice that happened in the beginning. Our movement is 20 years old since the time the Prabhupada established it, roughly around 20 years. The Prabhupada did the main pioneering, he did the main effort, you see, and took us beyond the most difficult uh, phases. Now, if he simply maintained and furthered his teachings, things will go on expanding. But still, this is also like a pioneer era, in the sense that our movement is still so young, so many new problems will be there. After some time, when we get more and more experience with dealing with different problems that Maya produces, then those same problems no longer will appear very uh, great or very insurmountable. So, so when I composed that uh, song on the disappearance day of Srila Prabhupada, some of the verses try to embody these different thoughts as a type of meditation on uh, Srila Prabhupada, Bhakta Goshti Jahar Deho, that uh, he's a He's a transcendental person who, whose body is actually the Krishna conscious movement, the association of devotees. So Prabhupada said he made this society so that everyone could associate with devotees. So he is actually this body. This body is this society that we can serve. See, I used to always see how we used to, when Prabhupada was in Mayapur, he wanted to live in the building even before the plumbing was in. The building was half constructed, so there was no plumbing. But uh, so we had to hook up one of the toilets, and uh, there was no pipe. So we put a bucket at the end of the. It was a normal porcelain toilet, but at the where the pipe should come, the bucket was there. <laughs> and so in the morning, I remember we used to have uh, races. Who could be there first? <laughs> to be able to empty the bucket, to be able to do that menial service for the guru, take it down and dump it outside, clean it out, bring it up for the next day. We read how Ishwar Puri, he got the special mercy of Lord uh, of uh, Madhavendra Puri, 
by doing this type of menial service for his guru. And I was seeing that in the final pastimes in Vrindavan. As I was in Mayapur, so many others were there serving. They were bathing Srila Prabhupada, they were cleaning the floors of the room, they were cleaning the bathrooms. Some were chanting kirtan. That time they would chant kirtan very softly. I mean, not as loud as that bell is ringing. Very soft, whispering. Twenty-four hours a day, very soft kirtan was going on. If it got too loud, Prabhupada would, and always the lights were dim, and he was just listening to the chanting. But so many others, I am not a good singer, they had Bharat Raj at that time, and different other devotees that were there singing. So I'd come, and of course Prabhupada would just ask the report from Mayapur. I'd give the report, he'd give some instruction, but I could hardly do any personal service there. Sometime I just got the mercy to, one time Prabhupada said, my feet are itching, please scratch my uh, feet. So I had the opportunity to, but others were there daily, they were massaging. I just had one or two opportunities where I could give a little massage to his lotus feet. I think how fortunate they're all able to do this personal service. And I would get sent back to Mayapur and have to uh, carry out the instructions he gave. Then after 1978 uh, and 79, they're going through different phases in ISKCON, different problems came up. Then I came to the realization that serving ISKCON, trying to help to cross over the difficulties that may come up, in the Krishna conscious movement, this is another form of personal vapu seva because Iskan is Prabhupada's body. So even by helping the movement to cross over difficulties, and this is a type of like cleaning the bathroom in some cases, or cleaning the doing a personal service for Srila Prabhupada's body. So we can still serve the vapu of Srila Prabhupada by serving Iskan. That's his body. When we come into Iskan, we can feel the presence of Srila Prabhupada. We're getting his physical association to the association of the Vaishnavas. As long as all the Vaishnavas are fixed in carrying out his instructions, they are vibrating his instructions, they are dedicated to spreading his message, and anyone who comes into the Krishna conscious movement, they'll be able to feel the presence of Śrīla Prabhupāda, all pervasive. Just as our Chitteshwar Prabhu, he has come here, he doesn't feel like he's in America, he feels he's in uh, India. This is, of course, his. he lives in a temple, he visits a temple, he doesn't live in India, actually he lives in Vaikuntha, he lives in the spiritual world, because he's always living in temples, he's always doing yagyas. Real India, we, when we go to India, we don't mean that, you see that the cars in Bombay and Calcutta and the traffic jams and the garbage piles or the coal pile, whatever. It's the holy dogs, it's the temples, it's the ancient spiritual culture. That vibration is what uh, makes India wonderful. Otherwise, the material things are not so wonderful. It's the spiritual culture that's in the people's hearts and in the holy places that makes India a wonderful place. Or makes the, that vibration in these holy places. So that same vibration Prabhupada has created and maintained through his devotees in these temples so that someone, they can go all over the world and they can always feel in the same atmosphere. Actually, people say, ask me, how do I travel? I, say, I simply go from one temple to the next. It's not uh, like you're going in different countries. You go 
to different, uh, just in the airplane, in the airport, and then I go, immediately there's a devotee at the door, he takes me, and there I see Prabhupada sitting again on the on the Vyasasana, and there's Radha and Krishna on the altar, and the devotees are chanting Hare Krishna, and Jai Prabhupada, and the Mount Vishnu Padaya, and then you're, 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 it's just different temples, the world becomes united, you don't feel, maybe you speak and they translate into Finnish, or into uh, Norwegian, or, or Spanish, or Italian, or some other language, but basically the the mood, the transcendental vibration of uh, Krishna consciousness is uh, present in all the places. For me, the closest thing to the material world is once or twice a year when I have to go into the Kmart to buy something to take back to India. The <laughs> 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 so Prabhupada, that's why Prabhu can come here from India, you can feel I'm still in the same place. I'm at home. The so Prabhupada has made a home for the entire world. Unfortunately, a number of people are there that still have not yet come to that spiritual consciousness that they can feel the Krishna conscious movement as their home. That means that their consciousness is not elevated enough. But by elevating their consciousness, when they come to see that, yes, this Krishna conscious movement <coughs> is a home for the whole world, this is the way we can make this uh, the home for everyone. Simply elevate the people's consciousness. Automatically they'll feel when they come in the temple, this is my home. They won't like to leave and live in association with non-devotees. Just as Lord Chaitanya said, he would rather be put into a birdcage and lowered into a fire than have to be simply in the association of non-devotees. We're always simply discussing about the useless tidings of the material world and don't have any taste for the nectarian topic of the transcendental pastimes and qualities of the Lord and his pure devotees. But when people's consciousness becomes elevated to the point of relishing spiritual topic, relishing the Sankirtan chanting, relishing the association of devotees, naturally, they'll see us, this Krishna conscious movement is my home. Wherever they go in the world. So this phenomenon, this miracle, has been done by Srila Prabhupada. Prabhupada, peace. We are so fortunate to have this shelter of his lotus feet the nectar of his instructions, and we should, even though there may be many senior devotees, we shouldn't take it for granted, all right, there are so many devotees, if I just do my service every morning, every day, I'm going to get my prasad, I don't have to think about anything else. We should take it as our own personal commitment and personal uh, responsibility to thoroughly understand the teachings of Srila Prabhupada. Not that just I skim through the books and then I can go out and do some other... We, we have to thoroughly understand the teachings, the vibration of His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. Every disciple, grand disciple, future, grand grand disciples and so on, on Sanaitam. Understand this uh, teachings of Srila Prabhupada, which are the embodiment <coughs> of the teachings of Lord Chaitanya and the previous Acharyas. Because then we'll be, anyone can, anyone can be empowered to preach this Krishna conscious movement. It's not a monopoly on anyone. Anyone, if they understand these instructions, they practice them seriously, they can also transmit them and give it to others. That is the special mercy of Lord Chaitanya. That wherever he would go, he would inspire the people to chant. 
you would make them devotees. And they, in turn, wherever they went, they would make other people devotees. And then where they went, in this way the movement is spreading for 500 years, and now it's come out of its confinement in India, and now it's all over the world, and now it simply remains to go on spreading like this. Part of that requisite is we have to understand the teachings, we have to live them, and in turn then we give them to others. So by doing this, Prabhupada said, if you feel any indebtedness to me, if you feel any, uh, if you have any debt to me, then you can repay me by practicing and perfecting yourself in the Krishna conscious movement and giving it to others. Chant Hare Krishna and be happy and make others happy. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Krishna Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Krishna Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Shila Prabhupada ki. Jai. Shila Prabhupada ki. Jai. Shila Prabhupada ki. Jai.